Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. You know how your things continue to happen. We've been we, in the church. Uh, we've dealt with uh, no water for a week and a half, right? And uh, last last week's service was funny. We kept it for an hour, but at the end of that hour, that's the quickest this church is emptied. <laughs> Normally, people are standing around talking. Man, no, people were gone. <laughs> there was no, "Hey, pastor, I love you." No, they were gone. I was like, "Why are you rushing?" <laughs> Let me stay and talk to you for a little bit. And people were just rude. <laughs> and, uh, and it was really funny. And uh, I went to hug somebody. This is don't touch me right now. Okay, <laughs> just back away. And uh, then uh, we had the, the bird fly through the window here. Uh, took out a window and uh, Randy and Will were able to put up some cardboard to take care of that. Uh, but we eventually had the window replaced. And so we got water back and then we got too much water. We got flooding. And uh, we, we, and, and all those things, and I just talk about the church, that's not even talking about our personal lives. And some of you have shared with me some things that are going on in your personal life. And it just seems like one thing after another, doesn't it? I mean, it's like you get this and you're able to deal with it. And all of a sudden, something else pops up and goes, surprise, right? And, and, you know, you're just like, okay, what next? Don't ever say that, what next? Okay, I'm going to tell you that right now. Don't ever say that. Don't, just don't say it. That's like an dividing trouble, okay? And so, but you just, you're thinking like, what else can happen? And, and when you go through things after things, you begin in a lot of ways to doubt your faith, don't you? Like maybe, maybe I'm doing something wrong, or maybe it's me, or worse, Maybe God isn't real. I've read, I don't know if you've read this or seen this, but there's been several prominent Christian singers and, and even theologians who have renounced Christianity. And the reason why they've renounced Christianity is they said we can't reconcile the things that are happening in their lives to God. And, it, and so it doesn't matter if you've been going to church all your life or you're a new Christian. None of that matters. There's times that come up in our lives that seem to overwhelm us. Amen? And we like to distort that scripture. Nothing can overcome you or take a hold of you, such as common a man. Well, you know, we abuse that scripture because I'm telling you, there's, things, there's times that you really feel like Peter and you are drowning in the water, aren't you? You feel like that you can't make it. You feel like that you're not going to make it and you wonder where God is. Come on, I'm just calling it real right now, right? You wonder where God is. It's okay to question God, okay? I want you to know it's okay to be upset with God. Again, I'm going to explain to you why. Because that's a chance for a deeper relationship. That's a chance for a deeper walk with Him because He wants to prove Himself to you. But it's times like this. Because of the things that are coming onto the world. It's times like this that the church of God... And I don't necessarily mean this church of God in name only. I'm talking about the church that God has established. 
takes a stand against the wave of the enemy that is coming against this nation, that is coming against this church, that is coming against his people. Right now in the world today, there is despair. There is a lack of hope because we thought we were over COVID. We thought we were past it. And then this Omicron comes up and people are upset about that. And they think, oh, we're all going to die. And everybody's upset about these things. And, they're, and, and now they think there might be a new wave coming. Listen, it doesn't matter what's coming in this world. God has already ordained the new future and how it's going to happen. But as Christians, we need to stand. Amen. We need to stand. Amen. And if things are going wrong in your life right now, if you're struggling, but you're trying to serve God, understand that's not you going through punishment. That's the devil not willing to let go of his territory. Amen. He wants to come after you. He wants to hold on to you. He wants you to be miserable. He wants you to live a life of sadness and no joy so you can join him in a place where there's darkness and fire. But God says, walk in my holy light. Walk with me. Stick with me. Stand. Stand. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. And I'm telling you today, God's going to do a miracle in somebody's life if you let him. All I can do is invite you to the water, but you got to drink, amen? you got to be willing to drink the water. If you're not willing to drink the water because you're mad about something, maybe you need to get over your madness and accept what God has for you, amen? Woo! That goes to you guys on Facebook, too. <laughs> Praise God. Maybe we need to get over ourselves a little bit, don't we? Maybe we need to get past our objections and our attitudes. Maybe we need to get past our, our biases and realize that God is speaking to his church this morning. God is calling us out. And he said, you don't need to give up. You need to stand up. Praise God. Now, you thought, wait a minute, Pastor. Don't worry, I got scripture. I got a lot of scripture for you today. You think, wait, wait a minute, Pastor, you can always tell us to kneel. We need to kneel before the Lord. I'm not talking about before the Lord. Of course we need to kneel before him and pray to him. I'm talking about standing against the devil. We don't need to kneel before the devil. Being, if we're kneeling, that means we're defeated. And I don't know about you, but I'm not defeated. I may be pressed down. I may be shaken. I may be discouraged. But I will not give up my walk. I will not be defeated because I am not defeated. I am not defeated this morning. I read the end and we win. We don't win one of those battles where it's questionable whether or not somebody wins. No, we win outright, all the way, total defeat of the enemy. You're not defeated this morning. You're just a little discouraged. You're not defeated this morning. You're just struggling a little bit because you can't reconcile your faith with your circumstance. But I'm going to tell you this morning, God's speaking to you right now, and he's saying, hold on. Stand up. Ephesians chapter 6, 13. If you've got your Bibles open up, they're going to put it up here on the screen. It simply says this. Our message this morning is, I resolve. Say this with me. I resolve. I resolve. Now, now Listen. We're Pentecostal, right? Are we? I want to make sure we're Pentecostal, because the last time I checked, Pentecostals tend to have a little bit of a voice, okay? We don't do things all sweet and pretty, okay? I resolve. Yes. No, we get down here in our gut, right? That's why we preachers have fat guts, because we have to bring it out of here, okay? Come on. 
I'm working on mine. <laughs> Amen. Come on. We got to bring it from down here. Because you know what? Sometimes we have to convince ourselves more than we have to convince the devil. Ooh, that's good preaching right there. We have to convince ourselves, right? Because we got all kinds of doubts. We got, we, well, what if? Well, what if? Well, what if? Well, how about there is no what if because he already has. Amen. So come on. I resolve. I'm almost feeling you. I'm almost feeling you. I resolve to stand. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, you ever been at your rope like that? You ever, you ever felt like that you let go, you're going to fall for ages? I remember one time I was on a rope and I felt myself letting go and I was scared. I got, because I hate heights. I didn't want to look down. And somebody said, just drop the rope. No, I'll die. Just put your legs down. And the ground was like right there. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, we want to give up. But you've got to, having done all, to stand. To stand. I want to tell you, the end times are not coming. They're here. I'm not going to talk about the end days coming. I'm going to talk about the end times are right now. Amen. 2 Timothy 3.1 says this. Paul says, But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Does it seem perilous to you? Does it seem perilous to you? Does it seem like Christians are under attack? Does it seem like that our government is anti-Christian? Does it seem like those that authority in the world are anti-Christian and they're trying to rush in an order without Christians? Does it seem like they're trying to shut down churches? Does it seem like they're trying to eradicate our voice? Right now, a new Canadian law makes it a crime to affirm or teach biblical teaching on sexual morality. It took effect January 1st. They are no longer, as a pastor, able to preach against homosexuality or transgenderism. If they do, you know what could happen to them? They could go to jail. Not just jail. A five-year prison sentence for a pastor. Five years. If you don't believe me, look up the law. If they do it in Canada, what makes you think that's not coming to America? Come on now. We have a hostile government right now. We have a hostile government that does not like the church, does not like Christians. And so what they're even doing, what's even the bills right now in the Senate, they're trying to take away the tax-exempt status of churches. They don't consider us nonprofit, and they think that that's going to have some effect on us. I will tell you that I will stand up. They could take all the money out of my account, but I will preach the gospel as God gives it to me. Amen? Because we have to stand. We have to stand, amen. If they come in and they take over this building, good luck with that with all the water we deal with, amen. But if they want to come take this building, take it, we'll go to my house. Amen. 
We'll go to Mike's house. We'll go to Will's house. We'll go to somebody's house. Amen? We'll go somewhere, but we're going to have church. Praise God. Because we need to stand together. Praise God. In Virginia, in Virginia, the city council probed the internal records of a church to confirm their tax status. In Houston, the mayor requested copies of sermons of all the pastors to see if they were talking against homosexuals. This time is coming where churches are going to be criminalized. The time is coming. Now, I don't mean to scare you. I'm just warning you. Amen. Because when it comes, you can go back and say, oh, yeah, pastor said that. That's why it's important that we get serious with the Lord. It's evident that some of our faith, some in our faith will bear the brunt of public shaming and legal attacks. If you try to put something on Facebook or social media right now, you're attacked. You're viciously attacked. If you try to show love and support to someone who's done wrong, you're attacked. You're viciously attacked. That's where this world is coming to. I remember a couple years ago when the, uh, the coronavirus started, some of you were here when this happened. We tried to offer a, an outlet for the kids to come so they could have school here because not everybody had good internet. Remember that? That's when the schools did the distance learning. And we wanted to give them a place to go. And I remember putting it on, on Facebook that we were doing this. You know what one person said? Go to Glacier Valley Church of God where they kill children. I had people on Facebook threatening to call OCS. And I just thought, my God, my God, attacking me personally, which, you know, hey, that happens. I'm used to that. Attacking the church, making fun of the church. And they actually wish that children would die to prove a point. Do you see how the church is being attacked? And so I stepped away from it. And I said, no, we still kept the ministry going. I'm not going to stop ministry. But that's where this world, there's people who hate the church. There's people who hate. There's going to be some among us who lose their jobs because of their faith. There's going to be some among us who lose. And I know this sounds depressing, but I'm not trying to depress you because I'm going to tell you what's coming. There's some that's going to lose their families. There's some that's going to lose so much more. Did you know that right now in the world, not in America, in the world, 100,000 people a year die for Christianity? We have not yet come to the point of shedding of blood here in America. But the time of persecution is coming. We're becoming more and more like the first century church than the 20th century church. Where we're being attacked for our faith. People are giving up. People are walking away. People are scared. I've never seen people walk away from the church like I've seen it now. But that's the last thing we need to do. We need to come together. We need to stand together. Listen, if you're weak in your faith, don't worry. We got you. 
We're here with you. We'll love you. We'll put our arms around you just like we would a small child. We would, when, my, when my kids were younger, I wouldn't leave them in a room by themselves. I always had an eye on them. I always knew what they were doing. And they were quick, too. They could get away from me and do damage, right? That's what little toddlers do. But I always knew where they're at. Brothers and sisters, if you're new to the faith, we're here for you. You're not by yourself, amen? We're here to stand with you. We're here to love on you. Okay, so I'm going off notes for a minute. You new Christians, just because you fail in your faith doesn't mean you should stop coming to church. Okay, I'm going to say that again because I really want you to hear my heart here, okay? Just because you fail in your faith doesn't mean you stop coming to church, okay? I'm not mad at you. I'm not going to get up here and criticize you and embarrass you. We all fail. We all fail. We all mess up. Now, the Bible says, go and sin no more. But sometimes when you're in that habit of sinning, it's hard to stop. But we don't cast you out. You know what we're going to do when you walk in back? And some of you have seen this. You know what you're going to, we're going to do when you walk back in the door? I'm going to come up and give you a big old hug with you being dirty and everything. I'm going to give you a big old hug. I'm going to love on you. I'm going to let you know it's okay. I'm going to let you know you're my brother. You're my sister. Take me by the hand. We're going to go through this walk together. Amen. I don't judge you. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to call you to repentance. I'm here to call you to the king. I'm here to point you to Jesus and let you Work out your, fear, your faith with fear and trembling. Don't worry about what you've done. Make it right today, amen? And if you go out and mess up again, make it right next Sunday. Just make it right, amen? Make it right. Make it right with him. So how do you stand in your faith? Because we've got to stand against the devil. Quit letting him beat you up. Quit. He's just, he's a bully. He's got no teeth. If he comes up to you, he's going to gum you to death. <laughs> Just that image alone is pretty disturbing, isn't it? <laughs> and, but what happens is he comes up and he scares us and we hurt ourselves. He doesn't hurt us. No, it's the devil. We don't need to run. Listen, I stand against the enemy today. I stand against the enemy in your life. I stand against the persecution and troubles that you're facing. I stand against the heartache and the shame that you've gone this week. And I say, devil, you can't mess with my people anymore. We stand against you. We stand against everything you are. We come against you in the mighty name of Jesus. Not my name, but the name of Jesus. So how do you stand? First of all, I think the music's still on. I just noticed that. Can we turn that off? Okay, thanks. Thank you, Nick. Nick's doing such a great job up there on the soundboard, making our stream go. I appreciate everything he does. And uh, Mary, too. I appreciate everything they do. First of all, to stand effectively, you got to know what you believe in. See, when a soldier goes to boot camp, they teach them how to be a soldier. And they just don't go between the hours of 8 and 5 and then they go home that day. No, they live at the army base. 
And when they're done with boot camp, you know what they do? They send them to more training and more training. And by the time, by the time they come out of that, they're 100% military. And a person who was one way goes into the military and is something completely different because they, they've been trained, they've been conditioned. And so you have to, this is like a military here. When you come into the faith, you have to know what you believe. Amen. And it's got to, here's another thing, it's got to line up with Scripture. Not just know what you believe. It's got to line up with Scripture. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14, it says this. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. In other words, you've got to put around you the center of who you are. The center of everything that you are is the truth. A belt holds up Everything, right, is the centerpiece. In the Roman days with the Roman soldier, the breastplate would hook onto the belt. Everything, his weapon would hook onto the belt. It was the center of everything who was. Right now, this morning, the truth is the center of who we are. And he is the truth. You must become a disciple of Jesus. Now, a disciple means more than a follower. A follower can leave Jesus at any moment. You're just hanging out because he's doing what you want him to do. That is the greatest problem in the church today is we've taken on a commercialism about Jesus. We treat Jesus like Fred Myers. If I don't get what I want, then I'm leaving. We treat church like Fred Myers, don't we? Come on. We treat it like Fred Myers. If we don't get what we want, we'll go find somewhere who can give me what I want. Instead of realizing that the church is not here for you, you are here for the church, amen? You are here to make this church great. I'm not here to appease you and make you feel better. I'm here, and I will say it all day long, to call you to repentance. And don't tell me that you don't need repentance, because everybody in this room, we need to get right with God every day, every day. Every day, we need to get right with God. I'm not here to beat you up. I'm here to tell you the truth, amen? And the truth is going to set you free. We are here to serve God, but you've got to be a disciple. A disciple is someone who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrine of another. I love what Richard said this morning. I don't remember if it was when you were opening or if when in Sunday school, but I heard you say it. He, he said, when's the last time you told someone that you're a Christian? Was that during Sunday school? Yeah, he says, when's the last? See, I pay attention. He says, when the last time that you told someone you're a Christian? When's the last time you shared your faith? See, if we're disciples, not only do we get the Lord inside of us, but we spread it to other people. They've committed themselves to the teaching and that lifestyle, forsaking everything else. The problem that we have is we have too many people in the church that are trying to hold on to the world and their lifestyle, thinking they can have both. You cannot go out drinking and partying with your friends and do drugs and do things that you shouldn't do and then come back to church and everything is okay. Amen. Now listen, I'm not, I'm not talking about messing up and failing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who live double lifestyles. You cannot sleep around and then come to church and expect everything to be okay. You cannot be disrespectful to your parents Teenagers, where are we? By the way, teenagers, you need to be here Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for our conference. It's going to be awesome. 
You cannot be disrespectful to your parents. You cannot be disrespectful to your teachers and then come to church and think everything's going to be okay. You've got to embrace scripture. You've got to follow what Jesus said. Jesus said at this, he said this in John chapter 14. He says, if you love me, you'll do what I say. Do we love Jesus? Do we love him enough to do what he says? I was talking to a young man who feels the call of God on his life. And he said, pastor, I, I want to serve God, but man, I love to do bad things. You know what I told him? Then you don't quite yet love the Lord then. Because if you love the Lord, then those things don't matter anymore. As a matter of fact, you grow to distaste it. See, I love my wife dearly. I know here's another Jenny story, right? She likes to watch these Hallmark shows. Man, you know what I'm talking about? In every show, a busy female executive comes from New York. She meets some guy who is down on his luck and has a dog or a child. We're not sure which. It can go either way. And they fight at first. And then somehow they look at each other and go, wow, I love you. And she dumps her boyfriend in New York. That poor guy in New York never had a chance. There's a bunch of young single men in New York who have no girlfriends now because of these guys in the country. <laughs> and I walk in and she's playing this show and I'm like, oh dear Lord, is the game on? Come on, I don't want to watch this. And then I sit down and I watch it and all of a sudden, okay, wait, is that dirt person dating this person? What's going on? I start asking her questions. <laughs> and what's going on here? Is it, where's the dog at? There's got to be a dog. <laughs> and she'll get a little frustrated with me. Will you just watch the show? And I'm trying to watch, but you got to answer my questions. But see, because of my love for her, I find myself liking the same things that she does. You guys understand how that works? Now, there's some things that she likes that I don't like, like tomatoes. We know that's not of God, right? We know tomatoes are not of God. But when we love each other, when we love each other, we like the same things. I even, she even watched a ball game with me the other day. I think she did. She was on her phone, so I'm not sure. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make is when we love Jesus, we do the things that he tells us to do. But we also speak of him. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. And since we have the same spirit of faith, you guys understand that this morning. We're the same spirit of faith, right? We all believe in Jesus. That's the same spirit. We don't believe in Jesus and some other person. We don't believe in Jesus and John Smith. We don't believe Jesus and some other guy and Buddha. We don't, we don't have this multiple religion. We believe Jesus and him crucified. We have the same faith this morning. According to what is written, I believed. Say that with me. I believed and therefore I spoke. Do you realize the first thing the devil wants to do to you is shut you up? I see you come in when we have praise and worship, but man, some of you, it's like all you can do is raise your hands. And it's hard for you to sing because you're so burdened down because the devil is trying to steal your voice. Praise God, you need to speak up in those times because he is in fact the way maker. I, therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak, verse 14, 
knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and present us with you, brothers and sisters, when we speak. It is not because of our present circumstance. When we speak, it's not because of how we feel. When we speak, it is the blessed hope, not a hope in a politician, not hope in some governmental system, not a hope in anything, but Jesus and him crucified, rising up on the third day, bringing us to the Father. Amen. That is our hope today. Our hope is him. So I tell the devil this morning, his little minions, who are running havoc over you know you may try to bring me down you may even try to kill me but bless god i'll be with jesus so it doesn't matter to me amen whatever you do i will continue to serve the lord i will continue to speak for brothers and sisters it doesn't necessarily need to be just me it needs to be all of us all of us my wife and i were reflecting yesterday just going over things. And she looked at me when I started to speak with her, and she looked at me and she says, and I'm, my wife is a pretty determined person. She looked at me and she pointed her finger at me, which scared me, first of all. I thought, I started going back in my mind. What did I do? What did I do? What did I do? Nothing, nothing. Oh, my Lord. And she looked at me and she goes, this will not defeat us. See, what the devil doesn't realize is he's made my wife mad. <sighs> it takes a lot to make her mad, but when she's mad, I just leave house. I just leave town. I was like, I got to go to Anchorage or something. <laughs> but the devil's done made her mad. We got to stand, brother. We need, you know, I'll be honest with you. We need to get mad at the devil. I, let me give you a little bit of... I, I, I know I'm going off, off, off topic here, but just help me out a second, okay? Every time it snows, the city, help me, Lord. The city likes to bring all the snow in the city and put it in my driveway. Because <laughs> I live in the corner, they take the snow and they scrape it, and they go, this is a good spot. To do. He's plowed it. It's a perfect spot. We'll just put it there. And so I can get a berm in my, my driveway about that big, right? And so I know a lot of people have been upset about this, right? And I'm not here to beat up the city. Just hear me out, okay? They're doing a wonderful job clearing the streets. They just need to work on some other things. And so I called the city, and I had a little discussion with them. I wasn't rude. I said, hey, I appreciate what you're doing, but... We don't need to put a foot and a half berm in my driveway. I mean, ice blocks, right? And, and in talking to some people, here I am fighting against this. I'm like, you know, we don't need to do this. I'm fighting against this. I'm fighting. But I talk to some people, and you know what they say? Well, that's the way it's, and I might criticize these people, so don't, don't read into this. That's the way it's always been. 
You see what happens to us as Christians? We get into this mentality. We don't want to fight back anymore. I'm not talking about fighting back and being rude and, and, and criticizing people, but we get into this mentality is that's the way it's always been. All right? And let me tell you something, brothers. We don't have to be defeated by the devil. It doesn't have to always be that way. God has called us to victorious life. And when he wants us to be victorious, we don't have to live in that old lifestyle. He wants us to walk with our head held high, knowing what we believe. Amen. It's time for the church to rise up and stand. Having done all to stand, stand. Therefore, you can do it. You can do it. Because you know why you can do it? Because I can do it. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. Well, pastor, you've been through training. Listen, none of my training helps me to stand against the devil. I can go to school every day and not learn how to stand against the devil. There's got to be something inside of me. There's got to be a passion inside of me to want to serve the Lord. Brothers and sisters, you got to study what you believe. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation. You know what a helmet does? What does it do? Protects what? Your noggin. Right? In football, and I know ladies hate it when I talk about football, just bear with me. They go into something called a concussion. When your head is rattled, your brain literally moves around and it starts to swell because a helmet, the helmet that they use, was never intended for what they're using it for. But a helmet is supposed to protect what? Your head. Do you know why we need our head protected? Because it helps us think. It helps us. When you get a concussion, you can't think properly. You start to have headaches. And some of us have been knocked in the head so much, we don't know what we believe anymore. We're kind of walking around kind of addled, like, I don't know, I don't know. We, we need to know. We need to study what we believe. That's what we're going to put on the helmet of salvation. And what that means, brothers and sisters, is that you got to know that you know, no matter how much you mess up, if you make it right with God, you are gloriously saved. Amen? That has not changed. Amen? God says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe will have an everlasting life. I want to tell you that you are saved, and you got to believe in that. you got to believe up here. It's not about believing down here because up here's the battle. Up here's the battle. Celebrate life on Thursday night. They're talking about the battlefield of the mind. If you want to come to that, I encourage you to come. It's a great study because we struggle with this right here. You got to know what you believe. So how do you know what you believe? You look into the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Okay. Read it. When you walk out of here today, you will not remember a thing I said. On Friday night with the impact group with the youth, I always ask them, what did I preach about last Sunday or last Friday? You know what they always say? God, Jesus, the Bible. <laughs> Technically, they're right. <laughs> but if I were to ask you, what did I preach about last week? You would go, God, Jesus, the Bible. You're not going to remember what I, I don't remember what I said. <laughs> Sometimes people will come up to me and they say, did you realize you said this? No. Did I say that? I have to go back and listen to it. Did I say that? By the way, 
There's sometimes pastors mess up when they talk, don't they? There's sometimes we mean to say something and we don't say the right thing. We're, that means we're human. That means we're human. I try to be the best that I can, but sometimes we're human. Last time I checked, I was human. But you're not going to remember what I said. What you will remember, though, is what David said. Is thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might. Well, brothers, when you go to fight the devil, what you need, you don't need to stand up and say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell you right now, that doesn't do anything, okay? We're fighting, the, we're fighting the wrong kind of battle. What we need to do is what Jesus did. He used the word of God. Jesus said, Jesus used the word of God to rebuke the devil. Jesus used the word of God to come against him. Jesus used the word of God to, to go against the temptation that it was in Matthew chapter 4. Brothers and sisters, we need to use the word of God in our life. We need to pray the word of God. We need to speak the word of God because that is what is going to give us victory. The sword is the only offensive weapon that we have when we put on the armor of God. And that is how we fight our battles. We don't have to fight our battles by marching around the church. We need to pick up the word of God. We need to pray in tongues. We need to speak the word of God in our lives. We need to speak the word of God in our house and over our children. We need to speak the word of God in this church. We need to speak the word of God in our lives. Amen. I remember my mom and dad always had scripture laying around the house and I never understood why until years later, I would quote scripture and I never knew where it came from. And then I realized they had the word of God in front of me always. We need the word of God. And listen, don't be intimidated trying to memorize it. Because the Bible says, if you study it, it says this in John chapter 14 or 15, I believe. He says he will bring it back to you. Man, does that take the load of pressure off? Now, I encourage you to memorize, but if you're like me, it's hard to memorize things sometimes. I barely remember your name sometimes. I barely remember my name sometimes. But if we study his word, he brings it back to us. He brings it. See, I've quoted several scriptures to you today that are not in my notes because he brings it back to me. And he brings it back to me because I read his word. I don't read it as often as I should. I had a whole day yesterday planned of study. We had a finance committee yesterday morning. I was going to get up, buy everybody McDonald's, come over here, and, and we're going to have a meeting. And two hours later, I was going to spend time in prayer and seeking the Lord and, and reading his word. All that went out the window. I got a call about 10 o'clock as we're in our meeting. The water, the downstairs was flooding. We have a service that lets us know that. I mean, you would think I would know that, but if I'm in my office, I don't know. And so my whole day just went out the window. And by the time I got home last night, I just crashed. And so all that time that I set aside to study was gone. You see, the Lord understands. He gets that. He understands that we have things happen in our lives, but we don't let that keep us down. We get up the next day and we do it over again. Amen. I was downstairs you uh, vacuuming up water and the Holy Spirit visited me as I was vacuuming up water and I'm sitting there vacuuming up water and I just started singing you're not going to defeat me devil you're not going to defeat I just was just messing around and I said you're not going to defeat me devil and I was sitting there vacuuming the water up and I just kept singing that song and the Holy Ghost came on me and I started speaking in tongues and I, was, I know you guys probably heard me up here but I didn't care because the Lord visited me and I'm telling you when we stand up and when we stand and we know what we believe we study his word. 
We need to quit dating the church and be the church. Some of you are flirting with church and you show up occasionally. And I'm not here, again, I'm not here to make you feel bad, but I'm going to call you out. You need to be serious about the church. And if that makes you mad and you leave, then my heart hurts over that because that's not what I want. But when we go to judgment, that very phrase is going to be brought up to you. I want you to hear what I'm saying this morning. You need the church. You need God. We need to get serious with him. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says this. Be diligent. You know what amazes me? Is a lot of people get to a certain point with the Lord. This point right here. And it's like they hit an invisible wall and they just fall apart. And they don't want to do it anymore. But yet you get them something that they're really interested in, like maybe a football team. And they'll talk about it for days and days and days. It's almost like the football team is their church. Brothers and sisters, we have to be diligent about our faith. Be diligent to present yourself or prove to God a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Finally, live what you believe. Let me say those three things to you again, and I'm going to go over this. You need to know what you believe. You need to study what you believe. And you need to Live what you believe. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 15 and 16 says this. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. You know what my shoes do for me? Is they take me places I want to go. And they protect my feet. Can you imagine walking barefoot out on our parking lot right now? All the snow and the ice and the rocks, the sharp rocks. Yesterday, we got the phone call that there was water down in our basement because of the pump failure. I had these slippers on that I have. And I wear around the office because I don't like wearing regular shoes. It's how these little slippers on. And so I started running down towards the water in my slippers. Not a good move. I'm running down towards the water, and the water wasn't deep, but it was deep enough to go over my slippers and onto my socks. And I'm walking in, and all of a sudden, my socks took the water and said, oh, here's water here. Let's soak it all up. (laughs) So did I wear the right thing? No. I went back and put on my, my water boots. I never thought I'd wear water boots in church, but here we are. And so I went back and put on my water boots and, and uh, the brothers were helping me. And again, thank you for everyone who came. But everyone who came, they realized where the water was. And they went and put on the right. We had to put on the right boots, right? Amen. The same way with us. 
The reason why we put on the shoes that we put in the preparation of the gospel of peace is because we got to wear what God wants us to wear to go out into the world and spread his, or go out into the world and spread his word. That's what he wants us to do. He wants you to live the faith. Don't live it on Sunday morning. Don't live it on Sunday evening. You know the toughest time to live for the Lord is Monday morning and Friday night. Why Friday night? Because those of you who are single want to go out and have fun and doing parties and stuff, I'm telling you, you need to stay away from that. It's only going to bring you pain and trouble. It's only going to cause you to make decisions that you're going to regret later and not want to come back to church. Monday morning is hard because you wake up and you wonder, was it all true? We have to live the gospel every day. Every day. Above all, taking the shield of faith. This is where it comes in on Monday morning. You've got to have faith because the enemy's out there throwing little fiery darts at you. It's not this big arrow that you see coming at you. No, it's just little things, little things, and little things add up. Put up that shield of faith and it's say, your world may be going down right now. You may feel like everything's against you, but Jesus has never left you. He has never forsaken you. You will get through this. You'll get through it. You can do it. We'll do it together. Amen. And if you're down, I'll pick you up. And if I'm down, you pick me up. We'll pick each other up. We're going to make it together. We're going to march into heaven's door. And I'm going to say, hey, God, here's Glacier Valley Church of God. We're all here. We all here. So I want to present all of you. And I don't want to just present you. I want to present your families. I want to present your loved ones. I want to present your friends. I want to say, Lord, I present them to you. Amen. By the way, you know that's my job, right? To present you? Amen. God talks about that. Paul talks about that in Scripture. I'm to present you. Man, what a glorious day that's going to be. But you've got to live the life. You cannot live the two lifestyles. One is going to eventually win. Know that we, we can go ahead and put on some music, please. This time I want music. Isn't it great to smile and have fun? We are his ambassadors. You know what an ambassador is? An ambassador represents the wishes of a government. They don't promote themselves. They promote the interest of the government that they represent. See, when I come to you today, I don't come to you with an agenda. That's a problem right now. Too many pastors are coming with an agenda. Too many pastors are coming with an agenda of things they want done. I don't come to you with an agenda, but God's when you come to church, don't come with an agenda. Come for him. His agenda. What, is, what does he want today? And I believe he's speaking to some of your hearts and he's calling you back to him. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says this, Now then, we are ambassadors. Say that with me. Ambassadors for Christ. Listen to this part right here. I want you to think about the people in your life right now, okay? You got it? Think about the people in your life. 
as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Think about that for a moment. As I walk in the store at Fred Meyer's or Safeway, God is pleading to everyone around me, be reconciled to God. He's pleading through me. Just the sheer fact that I walk in the store, I am an ambassador. I represent, and people know me too. They said, hey, aren't you the pastor? They recognize me. I don't know how, but they do. And I was on a plane one time and says, hey, aren't you Pastor Green? One person actually thought I was Uncle Richard, and I said, no, no, I'm much younger than that. <laughs> I'm much more, that's, um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Everybody confuses my dad for my uncle. It's hilarious. I'm an ambassador. Wherever you go, the Lord is pleading through you. Be reconciled to God. Can he plead through you as you're drinking alcohol in a bar? I don't think so. Now, we can have that disagreement, but let's be real about it. Can he, can he plead through you if you're living a life of sin that you haven't turned over to God? If you refuse to give up a lifestyle? I'm not talking about falling short sometimes. I'm talking about purposely not giving yourself to the Lord. I really feel like when we get to heaven, as part of our judgment, the Lord's going to show us those times that we could have reached someone and we didn't. I think that's part of our judgment because everything we do, we're accountable for. He says that in Corinthians, we're going to be accountable for every idle word. See, I don't want, I want that film about me to be short. And I know you do too. But in these last days, it's going to get harder and harder to stand. That's why, and I love the fact that you're here this morning. That's why we need to be together. That's why we need each other. That's why just seeing you this morning touches my heart in a way. Yesterday, as we were having that issue with the water, People after people started coming in. And if I didn't call you, don't get offended. But just people came in. And every time they come in, I would look at Will and Richard and Mike. And I would tear up. And I said, praise God for people who care about this church. Praise God for people who care about you. Brothers and sisters, if you haven't served God the way that you should, Today is the day of salvation. Again, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to encourage you. If you're down and you feel like you can't make it, I want you to also be encouraged because you have to stand. Having done all to stand, and the next verse says, stand therefore. See, in warfare, if you fall to the ground, you become an easy target for the enemy. As long as you're standing, you have a chance at victory. And brothers and sisters, even though we are victorious, if you fall to the ground, you will be defeated. It's time to rise up. It's time to put on that faith 
and realize that God's going to get you through this. Would you stand with me, please? Across the place on here, we just want you to close your eyes. Let's keep the camera going if we can. I'll tell you when to cut it off. Everybody close your eyes. Because I believe God wants to do something in someone this morning. Maybe you just, maybe you're discouraged. Maybe you're here today out of last resort. Maybe, and you may not be willing to admit it, but maybe you came here this morning thinking if you didn't feel God this morning, you were going to end your life. There are people out there like that. Did you know that? They're going to end their life because they, they don't know what else to do. They've lost hope. There is a hope, and his name is Jesus. You're thinking, well, wait a minute. Jesus hasn't done anything for me. Oh, yes, he has. The devil does not let you see it. Maybe, maybe you're discouraged. If that's you, no one else can see you, just me. Please close your eyes, everyone. I just want you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, I'm discouraged, and I just need God to touch my life. I see one, I see two. Anybody else? I see people all across this place raising their hand. Anybody else? Just quickly raise your hand. Anybody else? Okay. I saw at least 15 people. Look at me. Everyone look at me. I know you're hurting. There's some things going on in my life right now that I'm not going to share with you, but I'm hurting too. We got to do this together. I know it feels like it's not getting any better, and you may come to me and say, Pastor, what do I do? I'm going to tell you what to do right now. Seek God. Are you hearing me? It's not some magical formula. You need to seek God. But I want to pray with you. I want everybody across this place, I just want you to raise your hands right now. We're going to pray together. For those of you that raise your hand, this prayer is for you. Father, I come to you right now, God, for a people that are hurting, God. Lord, they see what's coming, God. We all see what's coming, Lord. And God, we need a miracle in the house of God. We need people to be touched, God. Maybe there's a health issue that they're dealing with. Maybe there's loss that they're dealing with, Lord. But God, I pray that even now that you reach out and you touch them and you lift them up right now, God. Lord, help us to stand, Lord. When we can't stand, Lord, help us to stand, God. Oh, God, let there be healing in the house today, God. Lord, let there be encouragement in the house today, Lord. Lord, for everyone that raised their hand, let them know that you love them, you see them, you encourage them, and that you are there for them. Lord, love on them even now, God. Show them that you are the way. And God, as they walk out of this church today, let there be a little spring in their step, God. God, let them know that they are not alone. But God, let them know they also need to be here. They need to be here. Thank you, Father, for everything that you've done. Now, devil, or your minion, whoever you are, take your hand off God's people. Take your hand off God's people. In the name of Jesus, we will not let you 
defeat us. I will not let you take someone from this church. I will not let you destroy their lives. I will stand against you. I will do whatever it takes to keep you from them. We plead the blood of Jesus over their lives. Lord, I ask that you protect them and encircle them, Lord. And if they go to make a wrong decision, that you reverse that, God, and show them and help them, God. Resist that temptation. I thank you, Lord, because I know, I know that you've heard my prayer this morning, Lord. I worship you, God. I worship you in the sanctuary, Lord, because you are gracious. In your name I pray. Church, tonight, tonight, between 6.30 and 7.30 p.m., we are going to pray. If you're not able to make it because you don't have a ride, I, I may not be able to give you a ride, but what I will tell you, you can pray with us online between 6.30 and 7.00. I mean, we're not going to do it online, but you can pray with us during that time between 6.30 and 7.30. Brothers and sisters, we need to press through. We need to press in. We need to do what's necessary. Will, will you come closest in prayer? God bless you guys. I hope to see you back tonight. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.